Does your bike need some love? Shimano Original Replacement Parts are the best way to renew the original function of your Shimano-equipped bike. Available online and at your local retailer. Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I am Celine Yeager, and with me is my co-host Patrick Brady. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. How are you, Patrick, except uh, watching California burn? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, normally when you jump in on something earlier, you're like, I'm going to get this knocked out now. And <laughs> oh, boy knocking out fire early is not really the way you want to roll with that. I'm shocked that we are burning in August. Um, You were worried about this season though, right? You said so a few Mm -hmm. times and I can't remember why, because I don't know how it works well enough, but I remember you being concerned early because we didn't have, yeah, we didn't have a lot of rain this winter. We had, we had rain, but we didn't get dumped on. But I mean, on the other hand, like uh, the winter of uh, 1819, we got dumped on hugely, uh, bigly, and we ended up with so much undergrowth, you know, that we when it all dried out later on, we had that much more fuel for the fires. So that wasn't really a dynamite situation either, mm-hmm. but I knew that we would dry out uh relatively early um but i mean we've had these weird you know little rainstorms here and there through the summer it rained on sunday it rained sunday sunday and we're on fire and so i just i rode through a mud puddle on sunday (laughs) and now my state's on fire and i just don't get it i don't know what to think about the situation i I didn't go for a ride today because the air quality's uh, down far enough. I've heard that from a few people. That yeah. it's just, I, um, I see the picture. I missed my window. Looks- yeah. Uh, yeah. If I'd gone out at eight o'clock, it would have gone all right, but I had to get little boys to school because that stuff yeah, yeah. actually matters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And by to school, they're in this unusual. I was just going to uh, say. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's, they call it extended care and they do it for essential workers where it's a, it's, a few staffers and a handful of kids in what is otherwise, you know, a classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they monitor them doing their schoolwork. They're still doing all the online learning. This is not a traditional classroom situation, but they keep the kids socially distanced and they do their Zoom calls and they do their seesaw and all the other, what's it, pickle? I forget. They've got all these crazy <laughs> apps. But I mean, it's it's a billion times better than me trying to be a teacher. So, yeah, 100 percent. You know, uh, you know, one crisis said, no, I can't say that. Um, Yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, we're we're doing we're multitasking our crises around here. How's that? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, Yes. How's your riding there? (laughs) It's been it's been good. It's been it's been actually really good. We have. um uh it, it the the mornings have broken you know in the way that they do come late august where you, all of a sudden the humidity is like evaporated and you step out and you're like ooh there's like a chill in the air you know like it's in the mm. 60s instead of like constantly just being 80. hot and humid yeah so um so it's been great yeah the riding has been has been very good and uh went paddling <laughs> I know I'm, I sound like I, I, sh- I should be doing a stand-up paddleboard podcast, but uh, we saw a bald eagle fishing yesterday on the water, which oh, was holy cow! Yeah, dude, it was amazing. Like it, like that's the thing I really love about it. It's very much like the same thing I love about mountain biking is how you're sort mm-hmm. of immersed in an, an environment and like deer run by or you see like mm-hmm. a moose or you know you see something. Um, yeah, this feels very similar because we're out on this is a very big lake uh that has lots of herons and ospreys and turtles and the occasional bald eagle and just looked up i was like wow that is a bald eagle and just flew down over the water and just was skimming the water and i was you know it's just dynamite it's incredible yeah 
I wish we could show the listeners the look on your face. I mean, that, that says it all. It really does. You know, it I, just, I'm, yeah. I'm like addicted to it. I just love it. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's been good. Very nice. Well, uh, what's your pull this week? My pull this week, uh, speaking of all of this, is uh, variety. I want to talk about variety. I just, I've had a lot of people uh, talking to me who, and I totally get it. They've been riding the same routes, you know, uh, since we're not really traveling to events or mm-hmm. at all, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> and not not venturing too far out of their usual territory. And there's a bit of burnout and boredom going on for some mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. where they're, they're mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, which is completely reasonable. You know, having having lived in the same town now for 26 years, which is astonishing to me when I think about that, like, cause my Lord, I never thought I'd be here for 26 years. Um, mm. I feel kind of like a pro at keeping the same place feeling fresh. So I felt like, uh, that would speak I, up. I, would you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that I could talk, I could talk to people about that. Um, I'll start off by saying that I think I have two things that help off the bat and that everybody around me and, and, and maybe to some extent you, um, seasons, I think seasons really help. You know, like, <laughs> like right now, I'm kind of dumbfounded by how different the light and like I mentioned before, the air is, you know, and how it changed kind of so quickly. So as we move deep into August and out of July, like the mornings have that low humidity crispness, the leaves have that washed out, faded sort of, they're not yet ready to turn, but they look sun bleached almost like they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're not that vibrant green. The sky is sort of takes on a deeper hue of blue like because come fall it gets like crazy crazy blue and for me just having different flowers and foliage and weather helps a ton you know even getting through this like it looks different now than it did in march you know when all Mm -hmm. this when all this began so i think just looking around and appreciating that stuff helps a lot i also have different bikes which i think helps an awful awful lot I have a single speed mountain bike, a regular mountain bike, a gravel bike, and a road bike. No, and a fat bike, but that doesn't seem much use, really. Um, but but if I'm feeling a little stale, and even if you just have, like, a mountain bike and a road bike or a road bike and gravel bike, well, if you're feeling a little stale, like, I think it really helps to be like, okay, what haven't I done in a while? Like, Tooks. if I've been on my road bike a bunch, be like, I should just get out my single speed. And it's like a whole brand new day. Like, it's a whole... It feels different. It rides different. I take it on different places. So it, it's definitely something that can that can freshen up that stale, that stale feeling. Riding and maybe it's just because I am a goldfish and everything looks different to me if I approach it differently. But riding your usual routes backwards works wonders. Like we went out a couple with a couple of friends on uh, from Philly this this Sunday and they rode up from South Philly and we came down from here in the valley and we met in this park called Green Lane. And it was funny because I thought that they had like this whole different route that we were going to do. And I was super, super excited. But I saw the route and I was like, we're going right back up to where I came from. Like we went <laughs> like, like we literally went right back to my home. We were five miles from my house at one point, um, which I I would not have been as excited about this ride had I known that we were going right back to where I came from. However, this route that they had pulled from some organized event that usually happens did all the, a lot of the gravel rides that we do, they did the, what we usually climb, they went down. So we were doing all these usual gravel hard climbs. We were ripping down them. And it was just like, this is really interesting. And we hit like different areas of where I live from different angles at different parts. And the whole thing felt really fun and invigorating it felt like a whole like i was seeing my area in a whole different way well yeah and thinking about how there there are roads that would be close to home and you'd be feeling that you know horse to the barn sort of thing and yet you're nearer the middle point of the ride totally yeah Yeah. which is always a little weird honestly mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm You know, and and if it wasn't a good day, it would be easy to be like, "Mm, (laughs) I'm going to turn left. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, but it, but it was, it was, it was actually, it was a delightful day. So we didn't do that. Um, 
And likewise, though, I know most of us are still keeping our social circles kind of small. If there is one or two other people that you don't ride with a lot that you can hop on board with that, like just hiding with a different human being, you mm-hmm. know, can, can mm-hmm. make a big difference. Like it was really fun, even though we were riding on my usual roads, it was really fun to see them through my friend's eyes. You know, like they they brought a freshness to it. Just seeing mm. how they like we go by this thing. We call it the boathouse because it's a giant house shaped like a boat. Uh, oh. That is it looks like an ark. It's a giant house shaped like a boat that is on this piece of land that is just it's crazy. But like, it's always fun to see people like go by the boathouse and show them, you know, like all our different sights and sounds. So that, that, that I think that is a really great way to keep things fresh. I am not one to put my bike on the car and never drive to ride, frankly, but I have done it a couple times during all this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because um, I, I think that a lot of times when people get stale and bored, at least speaking for myself, I know it'd be true for me is what, what can feel kind of crushingly dull is this is getting out of your immediate area. Right. Yep. Because you have the same roads that you have to take. You know, I know like when I was in Philly, that was even worse because, you know, like it, it took you how many miles just to get out of the city. And it was right. always the same. And it was and that is that can feel like overwhelming. And even though it's not quite the same here, it's like if I have to go through Veracruz Hill, well, like one more time. But you know, I've done it 10 billion times and it really doesn't help that Strava tells me I'm a local legend now. Like I, you know. <laughs> Like that's just not those laurels do not feel like a consolation for having to like take the same road in and out of town. So I, I feel like sometimes that's the big barrier. And if you can find a way around that just once in a while, mm-hmm. like even if it's just driving to a friend's house who lives in another town, you know, or starting from another point, all of a sudden you can like create this whole different ride that is very different. Mm-hmm. You know, like even if it's just 10 miles out, like that's, that's, that's 20 cumulative like that you can add on and go somewhere new. And likewise, I mean, I usually don't put my mountain bike on a car either, but there's a half a dozen trail systems within 45 minutes of here, you know, Mm -hmm. that if I was willing to drive and all of a sudden I've got like, it's invigorating. So, yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like that kind of stuff is, is, is super useful. And finally, not to beat the strum again, but, I have to say the coaching thing is really helpful for me. It has been, Mm. I have been delighted with it because like even today, like this week was super busy and I had some wrenches that I didn't expect. Um, And today I I could, you know, I could have easily been like, "Eh, I don't know. I'll just spin around the parkway, you know, which is my default when I don't, when I'm feeling uninspired, like I have a park that I go to, but I had a workout on tap with structured intervals. Right. And I was just like, that gave me, like a sense of purpose and it made it feel fresh. And even though I'm not training for anything, I really enjoy like how good this is making me feel. And just like that, that little element that is, um, that is keeping me from feeling a little bored and burned out. So I don't know. Do you have any other suggestions for people who might be? Uh, well, it's funny. So I'm going to go ahead and confess, uh, that, this would have been a great opportunity for me to start getting to know some other places to ride. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've been dating somebody for a few months now. I, mm-hmm. I, I guess I should say girlfriend uh, in Napa. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I could go to Skyline really easily and do a ride there when I'm over her way. Give a us some further- reference like how far that is from you. So, so Napa is 45, 50 minutes uh, from, yeah, in a car from Santa Rosa. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, so Angwin is a five to 10 minute drive from her. I mean, not Angwin. Uh, Skyline is five to 10 minutes from her. And what is Skyline? uh, It's a regional park with, you know, some, some decent, uh, decent single track in it. Okay. a little bit, a little bit of reasonably technical stuff in some spots. Um, decent riding, not a big place, but a, a rich enough network of trails that, you know, you can, you can go have some fun there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably 20 minutes away from her, uh, 
maybe a little further is Angwin, which is a state park. And mm-hmm. there's a network of trails there. And the only time I've ridden there was with little boys. And it was more difficult than the littlest of the boys right. could really handle. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, you know, that's something I should have been doing more of all through this. Um, that said, I kind of leave my Sundays in violet, uh, in terms of driving out to West County and riding in the Willow Creek watershed there on those trails that, you know, Sunday's like my guaranteed day to do that. So I, I always do it. And you know, there, there's not a whole lot we can do to, to vary that. You're, you're kind of generally going down uh, one ridge or another. Uh, mm-hmm. There are three within it, but you're kind of, you kind of put yourself into one series of trails or another. Um, well, there is a, there is a second descent off this. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's some variety. What I've been doing closer to home in terms of, trying to generate a uh, variety is uh, you know, one day maybe I go hard on this climb the next right, day right. I go easy on it. Yep. Yep. Also like when I get to rock gardens, I'm trying to take new lines now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, about, which is, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's an opportunity for me to teach myself how to read the trail better. Mm-hmm. There are a couple spots in Annadale where You've got, you know, they call it a trail. It's not really a fire road because I don't know too many trucks that would get up it all that easily. But it's certainly wider than single track, you know, maybe six or eight feet wide in spots, Mm -hmm. but just completely littered with with rock. Mm -hmm. And so in a six foot section, six foot length, you might be able to pick, you know, eight discrete different lines. Um, It's uh, it's really kind of crazy. And mm-hmm. some of these, I haven't been riding them for 25 years, like a lot of riders. And so I get there and it's like, I'm still not sure what the best line is. Right. Um, and it so could that, conceivably change. No. Oh, totes. You know, okay. we go through yeah. one winter and three lock, yeah, yeah. three rocks. I know ours loose. do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Our rows like that, like all of a sudden it's like, oh, all the lines are gone. <laughs> now what? Yeah. 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 There's a, yeah, there's one descent. Uh, in Anadel that I used to go just flying through. And this year it's really torn up for reasons I can't really understand. Hmm. But now there's rock where they didn't used to be. And the line that I used to like is not there anymore and all that sort of thing. And I don't go through there as fast as any, any anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it keeps it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, I'm able to do a lot more with mountain biking to keep things mm-hmm. fresh than I've mm-hmm. been able to do with road riding. Mm-hmm. I have a, a similar sort of issue to you in that most of my road riding, I like to do out toward West County, Sebastopol, Occidental out in that direction, mm-hmm. Forestville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the best way to get there is this bike path we have that leads out of town. Right. And if I'm doing a one hour ride, easy. Yep, yep, yep. I go to the end of the bike path, turn around, come back. So that's yeah. one hour of my ride. Right. Right. You know, we see that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it's tough to, to really generate an interesting two hour loop. Right. You know, right. Uh, I see that, but yeah, I'll, I'll do it clockwise one day and I'll do it counterclockwise the other, uh, things like that. Um, and I think yeah, these, Oh, go ahead. Uh, just, you know, anything I can dream up that way. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I also think I, I wanted to mention, I, I do think I have not been doing them as much as I thought I would, uh, but I have friends that are really being uh, faithful to a lot of these virtual challenges, mm-hmm. you know, that, that definitely seem to be keeping some people super motivated. You know, like the guy that uh, I was talking to uh, about on Sunday who came up was doing the gravel worlds. Uh-huh. challenge so he wanted to do like 150 miles so that's why he like came up from south philly and did this whole thing um you know but then there's yeah there's definitely people who are uh who are taking those things and running with them and i think that's great too like that yeah 
Yeah. yeah. It has not done as much for me. Uh, the epic in place, I, I actually I, need to I go. I failed. I dropped the ball immediately. <laughs> I, guess, I know I've done the mileage, but I've recorded nothing. I have been a, I have, I got the t-shirt for, and I've done nothing. I, I have, you know, yeah, I haven't recorded anything in a while. I'm going to take an evening and just start uploading all the good stuff, you know, sometime in the next week or so. Uh, I've been meaning to. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, also, you know, to show some of the weirdness of this, like I've been getting home from rides and just turning my GPS off and not making sure that it's uploading to Strava. Wow. I just, I just haven't even What's been in Strava. Well, that's a wonderful question. And one to which I do not have an answer. <laughs> I just, I, well, it started with, I, I switched between two different GPS units I had and the Wahoo app was struggling to talk hmm. to one of them. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, it became a frustration to try to get it to talk to the unit. And yeah, yeah. I've kind of tuned out a little bit and I need to get on top of that. Uh, but even on other to. times. <laughs> fair fair yeah. um but i am somebody who you know if i manage to record three 10 hour weeks in a row i need to do like a six or seven hour week uh of recovery mm-hmm. I, I i'm not carrying that huge base mile fitness where mm-hmm. i can just do 10 hour week after 10 hour for week after mm-hmm. 10 hour week can't do it my body will start to break down um so it's yeah i I need to keep an eye on that. Oh, okay. So you need, I got you. You keep, you you need it to track yourself. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. it's my governor. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I will need, I need to try to employ a few of those myself that you just mentioned. It's amazing what a little thing does. Yeah. 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 And we are, I mean, it's funny. We're creatures of habit, but we really thrive on, on novelty. Just a little change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. We're going to take a short break for our sponsor, Shimano, and we'll be right back. At Shimano, we love riding, and we know you do too. As a small repayment for all the joy your bike has brought your life, we encourage you to maintain your bike regularly. Genuine Shimano replacement parts will keep your Shimano-equipped bike running smoothly. Whether your bike is built with 105, XTR, or our new gravel group, GRX, a well-maintained bike will operate better and go faster. Worn out a chain? Consider that a badge of honor. You've been riding a lot. Does it sound like metal on metal when you hit your rim brakes? That's a sign it's time for new brake shoes. What if your disc brakes don't feel as crisp as they used to? Cool, you've been going fast. Give them a bleed. Does your chain skip on smaller cogs? You're using all your gears, and now your cassette is shot. Is that old saddle creaking? It may be fatigued because of all the miles you've put in. Consider a saddle from Shimano's Pro line of components. And what about your feet? Cleats can and do wear out, especially the right cleat if you're a cyclocross racer. Whether it is the plastic cleat on a road shoe or metal SPD cleat, they can and do wear out. To keep that love burning bright, show your bike a little TLC and take it by your nearest Shimano dealer to keep it running just like when it was new. Okay, we're back with the pace line, the podcast on two wheels. Patrick, give us your poll. I want to talk about fit this week. Not fitness, okay. but bike fit. Okay. So I've had a few friends ask me recently about fit, and one of them went as far as to ask me if I'd be willing to fit her. Um for reasons I can't speak to, I'll say that I've seen a lot of fits lately where the rider's saddle is too high. It's an easy thing to diagnose uh, because if you see someone's leg go fully straight at the bottom of the pedal stroke, yep. you know, without having to drop their heel, uh, then the saddle's too high. And if you've worked as a fitter for any period of time, it becomes super apparent to your eye. However, that's not all. I've also seen a fair number of riders, and this is crazy. I don't know why this is it. This is the way it is at all. But I've seen a fair number of riders who have bought gravel bikes who have their saddles set too low. Hmm. 
You know, and so that's characterized by too little leg extension at the bottom. Are they of the just stroke. new? Are they just because new riders tend to set their saddles too low? In my experience. Well, if I saw somebody on, you know, like a Fondo bike and that was the case, I'd think, oh, OK, you know, they the, they're going to meet somebody at some point who's going to fit them. But I'm seeing people on, you know, three, four, five thousand dollar gravel bikes and their mm. saddles too low. And it's like, how does that happen? Mm. And I don't want to be critical of the shop and I certainly don't want to be critical of them. But it's like mm-hmm. somebody needs to help these riders out. Um and it's also not a gender thing where it's only the guys who are too low or only uh, mm-hmm. the guys who are, you know, it's, it's all across the board. Um, but, you know, let me also say I am in Sonoma County and this is strictly anecdotal. We cannot infer anything else about any other place in the world from this. Uh, so it's not really a big deal, but it's just something I've been observing. There is, however, something I've heard a number of riders speak to, which I suspect has the potential to be a much more widespread issue in terms of fit. I hear people expressing a desire to be fit on just one bike. They'll say, I'm taking this bike in to my fitter to get fit Mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to go out and put a line in the sand and say, that's not the way to do it. Okay. Okay. The problem with being fit for each bike individually is that each resulting fit can vary from the other fits uh, more than is helpful even. So I'll say that even a reasonably good fitter can get two different results with the same rider if they fit them in two different months. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, flexibility comes into play and, you know, sometimes you didn't hold the, the, tape measure quite the same way and you're Mm -hmm, off by a couple mm -hmm. millimeters here the stuff adds up uh but complicate that with fits from more than one fitter and the variation between bikes can be truly significant the issue here isn't that you want each bike to fit exactly the same way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i know of several coaches and fitters who take that approach and i really do disagree with it Mm -hmm. here's why my road bike fit is reasonably conservative. I don't have a flat back like I once had. My neck and shoulders are happier for it, though that's not to say I'm sitting up like I'm riding an English three-speed. But Mm -hmm. compared to my road fit, my gravel bike fit is more upright than Mm -hmm. that, okay? With a gravel bike, I want my butt in the same place relative to the bottom bracket, and by extension, the pedals, as with my road bike. So I don't want the pedaling dynamics to change at all, except for the fact that my upper body is a bit more upright. And I want that higher position because I want to take a bit of weight off of that front wheel in order to improve traction at the rear wheel and to make the bike more maneuverable. On a gravel bike, I am much more likely to be altering my line on an ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. And if you've got loads of weight on the front wheel, That's Mm -hmm. not something Mm -hmm. that's going to happen all that easily. Um, And yeah, so as you take weight off the front wheel, a bike's handling will quicken. Also, given that some gravel events can be upwards of six hours, a less aggressive position means greater comfort at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Moving from gravel bike to a mountain bike, we have more of the same. I want to sit even more upright, again, to be able to get weight off the front wheel and to improve traction at the rear wheel and to keep the bike as nimble as possible. Despite that more upright seated position, I still want my butt in the same place relative to the bottom bracket, though. I don't want to change my pedaling dynamics at all. So let's ask the question, what's wrong with having multiple fits on different bikes? Okay, I'll jump in. (laughs) I uh, I thought you were going to answer that. Yeah, and I am. Uh, So if each of the fits are different enough, it's possible to strain muscles in the back back glutes or hamstrings. Mm -hmm. I've done it simply by reassembling a bike after traveling and not double checking my saddle height and going out with my saddle a centimeter and a half too low. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like this feels a little off, but I hadn't been on the bike in, you know, a week or something. You know, yeah, didn't double check it, went out for a ride and went hard with the saddle too low and sent my lower back into spasm. 
getting home from that ride took an hour when it should have taken 20 minutes. I was a wreck. Wow. Yeah. Couldn't ride for like the next two days. Um, so what I don't want to do is make this sound like a pitch for riders to get fitted on each and every bike they own. And Hey, everybody forgive me, dear listener for assuming that you have more than one bike, but bikes are so much fun. Who can really stop at just one? Um, so I'm, I'm not advocating that variety of consumerism, but truly the simplest approach is to take one bike, the one on which you feel most comfortable most powerful and like you could pedal in that position all day and have your other bikes reconciled to it. You don't have to buy a complete fit on that bike. Mm -hmm. Um, A good fitter can do this reasonably easily, but there can be a shock. Like if the mountain on your, if like if the saddle on your mountain bike sits noticeably more behind the bottom bracket than the saddle on your road bike, Reconciling those two fits can mean making the mountain bike conform to your road bike uh, only in saddle position, though. So that means that the saddle comes forward, it mm-hmm. shortens the reach, and uh, now the reach to the bar, uh, because it's shorter, you've got to put a longer stem on uh, to, to be able to keep that upper body reach the same. Now, uh, There is a maker of bicycle fitting tools called Purely Custom. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the outfit that makes those five-figure fit bicycles that can adjust Mm -hmm. bar Mm -hmm. reach and height and saddle position Mm -hmm. with little motors. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Yep, I've been on one. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, Also really, really cool. Um, But they make this really neat little tool called the XY tool, as in XY coordinates. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it allows a fitter to take precise measurements from one bike and then Mm -hmm. apply them to another. It works way better than just using a tape measure. Trust me on this. It's a nearly $300 tool. So it's not Mm -hmm. the sort of thing that home mechanics are likely to go out and purchase. That's not what I'm advocating here. But what I can say is because it's so useful at reliably reproducing a position from another bike on a new bike uh, or, you know, existing bike uh, that it's a really good thing to actually inquire with shops to see if maybe they have that Um, because it, yeah, it can make the the process of reconciling different bikes just so much easier. And let me say that as someone who's been reviewing bikes since the early 1990s, I can attest to both how hard it can be to replicate a fit from one bike to another, as well as a test to how adaptable we actually are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The caveat to this is that the more accustomed a rider's body is to a particular fit, the more a rider will struggle to feel comfortable on a bike with a different fit. Mm-hmm. So a change in saddle height of two millimeters doesn't face me. Just mm-hmm. doesn't even bother me. I'll notice that it's different, but it doesn't right. bug me. But I've got friends who would like flip out and think, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm going to kill myself doing this. And it's, uh, you know, it's really not a big deal. Um, but it is worthwhile, I think, to try to make sure that the relationship of your butt to your feet, you know, how you're that that portion that dictates the pedaling dynamics. Mm-hmm. I think trying to standardize that as much as possible mm-hmm. across bikes is a that's a worthy goal. Um, but the aggressive position somebody has on their road bike, putting the flat bar of your mountain bike that low. No, right. let's not go yeah, there. <laughs> not 1990. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's a mental picture. Um, so now you've ridden more bikes in the last year than I have. How do you deal with your fit? Uh, is this something else that Mike Gazelle helps with? Um, no, actually, I mean, it's interesting. I, I'm not a super princess in the pea with this stuff either. Like I, I, but, but we have like at bicycling, Joel, who's the in-house mechanic has all of our numbers, you know? So when I get, when I get a bike, he has already put it to my numbers, you know, which is great. And it usually works very well that way and said numbers came from a specialized body geometry fit okay so uh-huh. yeah i got when i 
you know, and it's been 10 years now, but like I, I got a, um, a three hour fit with Andy Pruitt for Iron Man on the specialized transition I was doing at the time. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to be in that position for five hours, it better be real comfortable, right? Yeah. 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 So um, that was great. And then he gave me a fit on just a road bike. And um, that has maintained pretty well, honestly. I, I, I then maybe five or six years ago, maybe a little longer, when I first started doing the 200 mile gravel races, you know, like that kind of length, <laughs> I took my gravel bike to uh, Lisa Ronka, who is also a body geometry fitter in my area. Uh-huh. And I was like, I want to be done because again, you're going to be sitting on a bike in a position for a very long time. Like I wanted to sort of dial that in and those numbers were, they were pretty similar, but to your point, the only thing that we really changed on some of it is my, my mountain bike fit is a little lower so I can get over rocks and stuff than mm-hmm. my, cause it's so rocky here. It's, it's ridiculous to try to have the same saddle height. And dropper posts almost make it a moot point, honestly, now, because I can have that same saddle height for the road trip over to the over to the trailhead and then Mm -hmm. just nudge it down and keep it there for when we're going through the trails and the rocks. But uh, that would be lower. And on a gravel bike, it's a hair lower for the same reasons. Like if the if I'm going to be on rough terrain all day, it's it's not quite the same extension Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. my my pure road bike. Um, that's pretty much how I deal with fit though. I don't, how much lower is your saddle height on your gravel bike than your road bike? Are we talking half a centimeter? A smidge. Yeah. Like we're talking literally a smidge. I like just, and it's sometimes where I'm just like, I know it when I feel it kind of (laughs) thing. Yep. Um, yeah, but it it helps. It helps (laughs) because you can flatten your heel more. You know what I mean? Like you can really get that power. You can drop your heel better and flatten your foot and make sure that you're comf- like that you're getting all that power and that stability. So yep. I think that if you tend to run it on like pushing the higher end on the on the road, that it can be worthwhile smidgening it down. And it literally it, it is just a smidge. It's almost yeah. the difference between riding with a chamois and not a chamois. You know how yep. like when you mm-hmm. jump on, you can feel that mm-hmm. like it's almost like that kind of a yeah a sensation. Yeah. yeah. And that's certainly understandable, especially given that, you know, on a gravel bike, you're going to be bouncing around some. Yeah. And you need a little bit of forgiveness in there. Yep. A little bit of a little bit of play as opposed to just being on a smooth tarmac where it can all be just set. Yep. Yep. And yeah, back to my original uh, mention that my road bike uh, position is reasonably conservative. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it would be easy for me to have my saddle another centimeter higher on my road bike. And a lot of people wouldn't notice. Um, but yeah, I, mine, I won't say mine's on the low side. It's just conservative. Um, and yeah, with my gravel bikes, they're kind of right in line with that. And yeah, I, I'm aware of what you're talking about and my fit allows for that reasonably well. Um, mountain bikes, you know, that's one of those that I will say though, with full suspension bikes, you know, once you get, you know, the, the sag set and all that, I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent confident that my saddle position is as close as it really could be on uh, a mountain bike as with like my gravel bike. Um, Does it matter? I mean, like, I don't know how much, like, I feel like I move around so much on my mountain bike that I, I'm not convinced it matters that much. Like it's such a dynamic exercise. Yeah. I'm not, I'm in a position where I'm really comfortable for pedaling and you know, I kind of, it, it feels close enough. You know, I can tell I'm not significantly further forward or further back. Um, and I'm within probably a half a centimeter, uh, of my gravel bike in terms of saddle height, gravel bike or road bike. I'm, I'm close on those. And so the, the, com- the pedaling always feels comfortable. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't want the bar as low as what I used to ride on mountain bikes years ago. Oh yeah. I mean, that was a thing and that's just like, <laughs> nobody's Silliness. doing that anymore. And I uh, like, giant yeah. long stems and lo- 
aggressive like that's just not <laughs> don't go over my bars as much anymore either so that's a that's oh, a yeah, plus funny right thing, yeah. yeah how about put that put that front wheel out and a little further in front yeah <laughs> yeah you funny don't thing uh, that. you don't end up quite as much that's yeah. nice yeah yeah another another one of gary fisher's many bright ideas that he turned out to be exactly right about oh my god that was huge like going yeah. from because i i did uh a lot of my early early racing and this is nothing against fat chance because i love their love their bikes but they had a you know high bottom bracket tight it was a it was pretty aggressive it was a new I was, bike i was like a tumbleweed on that thing like <laughs> I, it was just so easy to endo it it was mm-hmm. just like um and mm-hmm. then i got the next one was a sugar um, uh-huh. a gary fisher sugar where he had the what did he call it the g2 or i can't remember what the geometry was but it was that we're just a little lower. Like it was the first incarnation of like, Hey, let's, let's keep you from going over your bars if we can. And, uh, it helped. I mean, I had to get used to it because pedal striking then becomes a thing, right? Like, like there's a lot of, you know, pros and cons to all of this stuff, but I definitely helped keep me from, from my front end going over. But it's amazing. Like how all that, like the evolution of, of the geometry and the, the mountain bike and what we've, what we've learned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, a couple of years ago, I got to interview Fisher, uh, for dirt rag and, mm-hmm. you know, talk to him about each of his innovations, you know, headsets, uh, the, the longer front center, 29 inch wheels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the end of that conversation, I felt like the bike industry was because his role has moved so much more into uh, advocacy mm-hmm. than, you know, actual product management or product innovation. We've really lost treasure. That dude is so incredibly thoughtful. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's the, the, uh, pure logic that he brings to his creativity about what a mountain bike ought to be. is just incredible. Uh, the guy is an absolute gem. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And definitely you know, Hall of Fame level innovator, like beyond. Yeah. 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 Um, all righty. Well, hey, what about some paceline picks? What about some picks? I have, I have a little bit of a different one this week. I have a little plug because um, I was thinking about it. And now that. Now that the bikes are, are uh, the new toilet paper or like, what are they saying about them? Like though you can't get any, you know, like like bikes right. are just like this commodity. Yeah, like that is just Yeah. Um, Bikes are getting stolen more and like the, the, with the races starting, a lot of the pro racers have had, you know, like the that one women's team was it Trek Segafredo had all their bikes stolen. And yeah. like, like it's, it's been a thing. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, Craig Dalton, our mutual friend, Craig Dalton, mm-hmm. uh, I did not know, but he told me that he works for the bike index. Do you know what the bike index is? Yes. I had never yes. heard of the bike index. Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've been remiss in not bringing it up before now, but please continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had, not, I had not heard of it. Anyway, the Bike Index is a nonprofit free bicycle registry and stolen bike recovery platform. And, you know, he had, he had told me that they had seen like there's a 30% increase in stolen bikes during the pandemic, which is huge because it fits with my experience. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, it, that's that's true. Um, so it's like, uh, in addition to being free to consumers or you can go on and if your bike is stolen, you know, you can put it on there. You can search for stolen bikes. It's like a platform that you can use that way. They're also connected to uh, law enforcement, pawn industry databases, you know, other free tools for bicycle shops. So just more boots on the ground and eyes on the on the horizon that you can use to, like, find where your bike might end up. And they've mm-hmm. recovered. Uh, he said over $10 million in stolen bicycles. <laughs> that is just amazing. Right? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So it's a uh, bikeindex.org. And, uh, you know, it, it helps to know your serial number, which I never have. But I've made a habit now of, like, taking a picture and having it in my phone. Because mm-hmm. it is kind of a handy thing to, to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so, yeah. I just thought I'd give him a little a little shout. I know he's a listener. Hey, Craig. And, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's a good service. Very cool. Yeah. Well, uh, so as we mentioned earlier, 
fire season has started here in Northern California once again. Yes. <laughs> so, well, even though the sun is somewhat obscured from view by all the ash in the air and smoke, that hasn't really alleviated me of the need to try to take care of my skin when I'm riding at lunchtime. So my pick this week is a sunscreen from Neutrogena called Beach oh. Defense. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it has an SPF of 70 and has all sorts of chemicals in it that I cannot pronounce, uh, <laughs> but it is reported to be pop-up free. So theoretically, it's, you know, on the healthier side of all that stuff. Um, they say it protects for up to 80 minutes, which isn't really quite as long as I'd like because I'm not going to take minutes? it. 80 Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, not quite the, the two hours of some, but you know, I'm not going to take it out with me and respray it while I'm out there. Um, which may be a bad Patrick move, but I'm still not going to do it. I know. I know. I don't either. <laughs> even though I tell people they're supposed to. Yeah. But one of the things that I really do love about this, that's super helpful is it's a spray on sunscreen that is still water resistant. So, uh, I probably shouldn't announce to the world just how many times I've been time crunched and raced out my door at 11 o'clock in the morning to squeeze in a two hour ride. And because I was on the verge of being late to meet another rider, I failed to apply any sunscreen whatsoever. Yep. Um, but having just, I just spray that, a cloud of it and just run through it and get, out of it. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> well, maybe I'll try that. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, I, I've gone out way too many times in the last year without just putting anything on at all. And so now I've got this sitting near the front door and I can yep. hit myself pretty well. Yeah. Um, I, I will, uh, I mean, part of the problem for me is if I'm time crunched, if I put on a traditional sunscreen, a 50 or a 100, my hands are all slimy and mm -hmm. I need to wash them with mm -hmm. Dawn so that my hands mm -hmm. won't slide around on the bar tape, mm -hmm. make it all greasy. Having a spray on sunscreen simplifies matters enormously. Yeah. You know, yes, I used does. to only think of this stuff from my boys, you know? No, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I will say that I do still use a clear drying zinc oxide on my face. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't leave my fingers all yucky. Um, but yeah, for the rest of me, which, you know, sometimes won't get hit with anything at all. This is a huge improvement at 1199. It's a little pricier than some other sunscreens, but if this cuts my chances of contracting melanoma, which my father has battled, mm -hmm. then it will be a small price to pay. Oh yeah, no, it's totally, it's totally worth it. And the, and the spray sunscreens are everything, especially if you're, you're running out the door yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was Neutrogena, but it might be another brand. I, I picked up one that had a really great, like it had, because they usually have just the spray thing on the top that you depress with your index finger and you have to sort of contort yourself to get your back. But this had like a a lever that went over the whole bottle that if you, that you could squeeze. So uh -huh. it was made it much easier to just get your back and get like that stuff as opposed to like it was just a longer lever that you could just squeeze further down on the bottle itself and it just huh. made it easier just to whack like you probably don't wear many tank tops so you don't care but like if you were a <laughs> if you were a strappy tank top let's say it, it's important to be able to get the uh those places I, okay I'm, I'm by that yeah 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 um yeah i haven't worn my castelli san remo speed suit lately um I think you can burn through well, as a matter of fact, I took, I went to Jamaica a few years ago to mm -hmm. do a bike tour and it was May. Okay. It wasn't full summer, but it was still, I think Jamaica was the farthest South in the Northern hemisphere I'd ever gone until I, I went to, uh, Costa Rica last summer, uh, last mm -hmm. fall. Yeah. I, in one ride, my back got sunburned easily. Mm -hmm. I was, I was amazed. Uh, yeah, I was, you know, so when I they show some of those pictures of pros, some wicked, wicked when they first wear some of those jerseys that are so mm -hmm. breathable that they're just scorched because they haven't thought to put sunscreen on their backs because they're wearing a jersey. Well, I mean, even back in the days of old jerseys, I remember 
uh, video on CBS from the Tour de France. This would have been 1989. Greg LeMond pulls off the yellow jersey. And this was not one of those little paper thin arrow jerseys like they have now. This was, you know, traditional polyester jersey. He had uh, he had tan lines for his bib straps, even through that jersey. That's impressive. I mean, that's a lot of time in the sun. If yeah, you can get t- tanned under that through sort of one jersey, of those jerseys, no yeah. kidding. Yeah. Wow. Um, of course, you know, this was 20 odd year old me going, oh, that's cool. I want to well, have yeah. I want to have bib strap tan lines. Well, you know, yeah, I want to be a badass. Yeah. Uh, that was different hopeless. time. Different time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little smarter now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, a little update for you, especially since we were just talking about the theft of bikes. Oh, so yeah. Remember this past spring, I had several bikes stolen. I do. Well, uh, when my insurance company finally settled recently, they did so for less than one third of the cost of the bikes, even though my policy was for full replacement value. Wow. Um, Yeah, this this may actually come up again in a, uh, a future episode. Well, in talking with friends about what I could do about this, one of my friends recommended that I contact Hector Sanchez at the local NBC affiliate KNTV. He does consumer advocate reporting, mm. mostly, if not exclusively, regarding insurance issues. He was a busy man after the 2017 fires. Um, yeah. So I decided to write to him. And yesterday... I heard back and he asked for a whole bunch of information. And then today, as we record, he is contacting USA to ask them why they are screwing me. I am anxious to hear what he finds out. I can't wait. You know, and it was one of those things where when I when I sent my email back to him with photos and invoices and all this stuff, I was like, who knows? You know, he may just like look at this and still not decide to do anything. This morning, I had another email back from me confirming who he should be talking to. You know, who is it I'm calling? I was like, oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. So we'll see what happens. I'm just going to keep shining the spotlight on those people. They did not do right by me. Yeah. Hmm. So, well, hey, sounds like that's a wrap on another episode of the Pace Select. <laughs> yes, oh, it does. Yeah. Um. Well, everybody, keep the questions coming. You all are sending great stuff. If you've got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments. Don't forget our Paceline kits from Primal. They're up in the RKP store. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Paceline.